0: You're listening to The Fezcast, produced on behalf of the Saracen Supporters Association and featuring the independent thoughts, rants and rambles of Saracens fans and special guests. If you'd like your opinion to be heard on the show, you can find The Fezcast on Facebook or Fezcast underscore SSA on Instagram and whatever Twitter is known as these days. But for now, enjoy this week's show. You're listening to The Fezcast. Fezcast. Um, welcome to the next episode of the Fezcast, Jez is having a, uh, a week off at a wedding this weekend but he's obviously uh, still managed to have his uh, have his say via WhatsApp so I'm sure we can get stuff in there but um, this week I've got myself and uh, Duncan Reed is back after his uh, lovely interview with Joel Tompkins a few weeks ago and um, Sam, I've forgotten who Sam is but he's, uh, he's back with us this season, how you doing mate, you right first up?
1: Yeah, well, I think I've just been uh, been drunk since the final last year. and That's what it was. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's good to have you back with us, Sam and uh, and Duncan. Your interview with Joel Tompkins very well received. So yeah, we we're very pleased to have you back on to uh, to chew the fat after uh, a uh, a fairly negative weekend of rugby, wasn't it? But.
2: Yeah. yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm on, the, as you know, I'm on the trail of another one who I'm, uh, I'm tracking down through friends and um, it's looking good. So hopefully I have another interview coming along before too long. Fingers crossed. The
0: car's close to our chest on that one, but hopefully yeah. we do get someone, uh, someone pretty good in. But what we're going to do this week, we're going to start with the positive stuff because there was actually some, um, but it does all come from the women's game. Um, unfortunately, there are not very many highlights at all of, um, of Saracens women in the, uh, in the Alliance Cup. But um, there was a uh, 45-10 away victory against um, Ealing Trailfinders women, new team for this year. Seven different try scorers for, for Saracens, which is, uh, which is pretty good. So they're, um, you know, even with players away on international duty, they're still coping. They're still winning games. Um, and in the Cup, we're, uh, we're second in the table. And uh, the last match is against the pool leaders Gloucester, who are also the Premiership champions. We're level on points with Harlequins, who are a position behind us, but they've played all their games. So we just need to avoid a complete hosing against Gloucester next week, and we go through to the semi-finals of the cup. So lots of. Younger players getting a chance in in the cup games, and we've still managed to pick up a couple of wins, and, and with a chance of getting to knockout stages. So it certainly looks a little bit better than it does against than it does for uh, for the men's team, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, I haven't seen the women this this season, despite having a season ticket. So I'm looking forward to making getting some return on my thirty pounds investment, uh, which is what it costs if you're a season ticket holder, which which is a pretty good deal. Um, and it must be hard with with all those players away internationally. I, I don't know how much it, it 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 well. It wouldn't have affected Ealing, would it? I don't think they've got any internationals.
0: Not particularly. No, I mean e, most of Ealing's Ealing's backs are uh, are the GB sevens team, so they are sort of coming together as uh, as a new team. But yeah, there's there's not quite as much as this.
2: And uh, the England women went well as well. Saw the highlights of that. It was great to see Marley Packer steaming in as she does, almost uniquely in the game. Bit, uh, a bit of a shame to see Hannah Bottoman was very good as well. And we, won't see, we won't see her playing for us at the Stonex, which is... Uh, she looked powerful.
0: No, I mean, there's a pretty Saracens flavour to, uh, to the England win. I think, in fact, it was only um, Meg Jones's try that was, was the only unrelated performance um <laughs> Holly Aitchison kicking all the points um and every single try coming from either a Saracens player or a former Saracens player um so yeah, England started the uh WXV or W15 I still don't actually know what you're supposed to what you're supposed to call it but kicking off that tournament with uh <laughs> we meant to remember the one oh yeah and the one yeah England are in pool number one um, also in in the uh, in the top tier are uh, Canada and Wales, and we've got to mention that game as well because again there's there's lots of Saracens uh, Saracens players in that, and it's good to see Sophie de Goody, who's uh, still world class number eight, and uh, definitely Jez will be very pleased to see a number eight with a hundred percent record off the kicking tee. I mean. Sam, we saw her a few years ago, didn't we? She she's world class and it's great to have her back at back at Saracen's when this tournament finishes. Well, well first
1: I was gonna say, I'm not sure what the connection is with chess because I was I'm not sure what position he used to play. because um, <laughs> he, he barely mentions his playing days. Um but um but yeah. Well, I was he gonna was ask Scrum half,
2: wasn't he? Scrum half Yeah,
1: I, I, I thought he was the water boy, but I'm not sure. <laughs> um I was going to ask about this. The, I'm, I'm really not sure about what this women's tournament currently is and what the difference between this and the World Cup actually is. So if, any, if either of you can demystify that for me, I'd be overjoyed. <laughs> Putting us right on the spot there. Right, okay. So imagine the
0: Six Nations, but yeah. with three European teams and three Southern Hemisphere teams instead. Right. Um, it is the women's version, and I quite like this, it is the women's version of Autumn Internationals, but actually making a tournament out of it. There is a tiered structured system. Um, teams will go up and go down. Although the top tier, there's no relegation in the first season. For some reason, I don't know why, because there is promotion and relegation between the next two. So um, England, France, and Wales are in the in the top tier. They don't play each other in it, but they do play uh, New Zealand, Canada, and uh, and Australia. So for everyone who's listening who doesn't understand that tournament, that's the top tier of it, and then you drop down to another another six in the second tier and another six in the third tier. Um, and it's played all
2: over the place Is not its not there a Middle Eastern leg? There is
0: uh yeah so the, I think the third bunch are playing in the Middle East. I think I think tier 2 is being played in South Africa and then tier 1's being played in uh New Zealand. New Zealand. New Zealand yes. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah it's it's quite a good concept and you know it would work in the men's game if only they pulled their finger out and um not all be looking
1: after themselves really, wouldn't it? But there you go. Sounds that help you? That helps massively. But do you know what it's, I've been saying for ages, you know, that the women's game has, has come on so much in the last two or three seasons. I think the last world cup really highlighted that there were some serious players. Um, and, you know, barring a, a dubious red card, whichever side of the fence went on, it would have been probably an England victory in the final, which would have been huge for the game over here. And, um, yeah, I just, I like the fact that they're obviously doing what they can to spread the game, make it a bit more interesting, make it and, and get it to 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 new areas of the world as well. You know, it's, it's so, so important. We've seen that, you know, in football where they're playing, you know, pre-season premiership tournaments in America and Asia and stuff like that. And, you know, I think we missed a trick in the men's game with Japan, the Japan World Cup. You know, there should have been so much more done in that part of the world afterwards to really double down on that and it never really happened but um, yeah good to see the women taking the initiative and in, in growing the sport which is fantastic
2: We were talking about this the other week and they do need to do something you know when you've got how Portugal, Uruguay, Chile, all of these nations I mean a bit of help and it could really expand the game Massively
0: Absolutely yeah um, who knows what they'll end up doing but yeah the one thing about that that tournament actually that's um, going to be relevant to Sam is that Georgia Evans was on the score sheet for Wales I mean
1: I did I did see that uh, she she got a bit of a a bit of a, a poke in the eye um which and I st- I still think she looks fantastic even with the even with the, the, the black eye so so good on her and she oh, scored lovely. as well so happy did, days yes.
2: yeah
0: well, moving very very swiftly on I think um <laughs> there was some positive news for uh, for the Saracens men but from um some of our academy players and uh, and squad players there's Quite a few of our, uh, our younger players are playing for Amptill this season on dual registration, which is a very, very good thing without the, uh, without the A-League going on. Um, ben Harris and Caden Pierce paul are on the score sheet for Amptill who uh, won their match against Cambridge in the 87th minute, I think it was, with uh, Saracens Academy loosehead Javon Warren scoring the winning try. So that's the good news for uh, for the Saracens men's team, but what we have to talk about really is the performance against Bath. Um, following up from our absolute pasting against Exeter, this scoreline wasn't quite as bad, but um, just starting with you, Sam, the performance in general, I'm not sure yeah. it was all that,
1: was it? I mean, there was really only one highlight and that was that they brought in the uh, the double pint cup in the bar. Um <laughs> Yeah, which has just meant that I have to take less trips to the bar, which is good. But no, it was a it was a bit of an odd game really because it was just so un-Saracens-like. Um, a lot of people have been talking online about the fact that A, we did have enough quality in that team to give Bath a much better game than we did. Um, and And just secondly, just how there just didn't seem to be the coherence that we usually see, no matter who who's playing, you know, whether it's the academy, whether it's, you know, the fringe players, whatever, they come in and number one, you know, they're going to give absolutely 110%. Number two, you know, they're going to be organised, particularly in defence, which was actually probably one of the worst facets of our game, is the fact that we just were all over the shop in defence. And it was just really sad to see. It really was. And, and my concern is that if the players that were on that pitch are unable to beat a team, you know, okay, with uh, Bath probably having one of the best halfback pairings in the league this year, potentially. You know, still a strong squad, but to not be able to give them a better game at home, that really does concern me, that, that without our England contingent, we're extremely vulnerable. Um, and it was a bit sad to see, to be perfectly honest with you. A lot of players, I think, had one of their worst games in a Saracen shirt. I, think, I thought Davis at nine was non-existent um someone afterwards said to me who played worse veda at 10 or davis at 9 and i said can you give them both minus numbers i don't know but they i think they'll both go in into the shed after that game and hold their head down going we did not give a good account of ourselves we didn't look disciplined we didn't look interested we looked completely unsaracens and that's the saddest part we gave, we gave it
2: no fight at all i mean you're reflecting probably all the talk about you know where where the blame was most most centred and it uh, you know can't argue with you but there was also a lot of people saying why why are we playing in this style you know we saw young teams go to was it Bath and Gloucester last season and um, including Manu in the team and really put up a good display I, I suppose it might be yeah we put up a good display but we got really really tonked. And this is a league game, so maybe they're thinking, "Oh, we'd better be conservative. We'd better better be defensive, and maybe we'd get something out of it." But as you say, it's dreadful to watch, and we still get tonked and don't get a point. So let's give it a go.
1: Yeah, I think that the um, the conditions played a part, probably in in what we were trying to do. I think if we'd had all of the England boys in, in that side, I think maybe we would have seen a, a style more reminiscent of last season. But I think. With you know, it was predicted to absolutely pee it down all afternoon, and for the the second half in particular, it definitely did, which made that ball you know like a like a bar of soap, and perhaps that played a played a role in the tactics. But it did sometimes see that we were almost a little bit indecisive, like we weren't sure whether we are going to chuck the ball around or we are going to keep it keep it tight. Um, a lot of people, one of the things I think that a lot of people were talking about the um, the box kicking game. And as much as I heaped a load of blame onto onto Davis earlier on, um, I don't necessarily think that tactic was the worst one in the world. Because with the ball being all over the shop and you know the wind coming in and, and all that sort of stuff, actually playing that kind of kind of game is not necessarily a bad one. But we had no follow up afterwards. You know, there was no there was no hard chase, and you usually see that 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 push and that defensive organisation is usually so so good and such a strong part of our game. And that with that for me is what. What was so sad to watch was that, that that side really let us down. You know, the defence. No, we
2: didn't. Before. I mean, there were no flags, by the way, did you see? So, but I don't think there was much wind, but there was certainly rain in the second half. Yeah. It reminded me of those dreadful days um, just before the championship season when we had you know similar kind of team getting looking dreadful pre-season yeah. on the computer screen against Ealing. And then we got beaten up by Cornish Pirates. And then the Cavalry came back, as you said, and everything was all right. Except they're all all about three years older now. So, um, you know, we need need this next generation of players to be able to stand on their own two feet sometime. You're definitely right in what you're you're
0: saying there. But I I think both of you really have have sort of stumbled on something where it might not be quite as bad as it looks. I mean, I don't think we'd necessarily be talking about this game in the same way if we hadn't have had that big defeat against Exeter in the first game. I think it would be seen as a bit of a blip. The weather conditions, yeah, they didn't play into our hands. And I think you're right. It was it was supposed to rain for the entire game, blowing a gale. It was supposed to be ugly. And so we were never going to be able to play the chuck it around, do as you like style of rugby. It was always going to be get the ball up in the air and stick them under pressure. So when that didn't happen for the first half, that was the issue really is that we weren't actually able to sort of quickly changed to plan B because it probably hadn't been trained during the week. Um, and I think Tom De Glanville for bath, um, at fullback had a 10 out of 10 game. Um, he, he dealt with everything that, you know, we did put him under pressure with, with the high balls and things. And he, and he dealt with it perfectly and we didn't really have any other answer. And, you know, a lot of people, myself included worried that, you know, we didn't other than Andy Christie charging Finn Russell down in the second minute, we, we didn't threaten the try line at all. Um, but on a day like that, I don't think we really expected to threaten the trial, Although that said, Bath did. <laughs> and, and well, scored. we'll
2: compare it yeah. to another wet game by an English team facing superior opposition later, won't we? Who, who put in a totally, <laughs> totally, different type of performance? Um, I think you're probably. I, I think. I think you're probably right. And you can't take away the fact that we have got nine players plus Evan Van Zeel coming back. Yeah. Which is two-thirds of a team that is going to make all the difference. But well, um... I think what we should pick up on
0: um, is the other team that are struggling at the bottom of the... I say struggling, but the other team that are bottom of the table at the moment is Leicester. Mm. Um, it's Leicester and Saracens being the two teams that have been most hit, certainly by England call-ups. Um, and another one without a win is Northampton, who also finished in the top four last season. So, you know, it's yeah. it could be worse. As we said last week... Let's see where we where we're looking in two or three weeks' time.
1: That's it. I think saving saving Stuff. grace for us is that with us, it's it's not it's not a nice thing that the 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 division is short smaller this year, but with only you know the, the small number of teams, it does mean that we're playing less games during the Six Nations, which yeah. for this season of all the seasons, it looks as though it's going to be an absolute godsend for us. So hopefully, you know we've got enough in the tank to to, to make it back. I mean, even even now already, you know we're ten points behind Bath with two games gone and, you know, with a small, with a smaller division this year, how easy will it actually be to make up that ground? Is it even possible to make up, make up that ground? Are they going to carry on and, and play? Because I don't think Bath were terrible by any stretch. The only reason really they were only a little bit in front of us, I think, was the weather conditions and they did try and come and play an expansive game and they dropped the ball doing so. So, you know, fair play to them. I think they looked pretty good. I think Russell and Spencer together is very dangerous, really dangerous and I think on a on a, on a nice, you know, calm afternoon, those two playing together are going to rip some teams to shreds, uh, particularly if De Glamville also has a similarly good game. Um, my my chance of different uh, hair products to him every time he got the ball seems to make no difference to his play at all. Uh, didn't put him off in the slightest. Um, got a nice cheer for Bidel Sassoon, which was an old school one that I got in there. Um, but yeah, he looked good. So when you've got that core and and up front, they... they they look relatively strong there as well. I think Bath might be a bit, you know, might be underdogs this year, but some um, dark horses to get into that top four. Yeah,
0: well, we won't go with any of your predictions so far. Um, <laughs> it seems you're the one that backed Exeter to finish bottom before we played them. But there we go.
1: I still, I uh, still maintain that. I still maintain that.
0: Yeah. we'll come, we'll come back to that one at the end of the season. But look, you know, we've had two tough games. Um, And what you don't really want after two tough games is for your third one to be a Friday night at Kingsholm, um, which is coming up next week. Now, I didn't actually realise this, but someone pointed out to me, we haven't won an away fixture since the 6th of January, Saracens. Um, Now, there is a bit of a caveat to that. Since the 6th of January, there's only been eight away games. Um, two of them have been in the Prem Cup and two of them have been in the league when we pulled the ladder up and everyone had a rest before the knockout fixtures. So four of those don't matter. So so there's four away matches. A couple of them were in the Champions Cup, I believe. And that last away win on the 6th of January was on a Friday night at King's Home. So <laughs> it's totally meaningless, all of these statistics, isn't it? It was a very good night. Um, and it was one of our best listened to podcasts because Owen Farrell... Got a retrospective red card, having kicked a drop goal to win it. So it yeah. could be a pretty, uh, pretty interesting one. But yeah, we're away at Gloucester, and then we're at home to Leicester, who could be the other team still without a win uh, in the league. So you know, there's there's some there's some tough fixtures coming up, and then we're away at Newcastle, and and I mean that's crisis point if we hit that one, <laughs> and we're yeah. still struggling a bit. So we, could,
1: we could very well be winless when we got when we got there. We really could.
2: With not many games left, as you say, to try and uh, get back into the playoffs. So I think it could be, you know, every chance it's a fallow season, but we shall see. Yeah, very quickly, you've done
0: a third of the season without actually picking yeah. up any more than one or two wins. So, but, uh, you know, what do you reckon we got? So Gloucester away, Leicester at home, just group them two together. How many points are we getting out of those guys?
1: I, I, I At this stage, I'll be happy with two. <laughs> Honestly.
2: Yeah, it's going to be hard. It's hard to see us getting more than one at Gloucester, but if Leicester continue to be as high flying as we are, we might get four there. You never know. Well, well
1: what I've never understood with the England situation is, you know, Tomkins played for what for Wales last weekend. Comes straight back in um, to the to the starting fifteen. W- what's the difference between playing for England and playing for Wales? Um, the rules. You know, I don't understand why we won't have our England players back straight away. Particularly someone like Billy Vinopola who's not really had that many minutes. Someone like Theo Dan, who's not really had many many minutes. Those two players should be absolute shoo-ins to go straight back into the into the starting lineup um, as soon as as soon as the World Cup finishes. In my, book. it's
2: the same with releases, isn't it? I mean, our players get released far more than. I mean, Nick Tompkins will be playing for us one week, and then Wales have got a a, a game the following week. It's, yeah. Is it, is well, to be it fair, is.
0: That, that is actually something that I should have picked up on because one of the things I was thinking in in that Bath game is you know Tomkins actually didn't play too badly, but some I mean Theo McFarland I've I've said it before on this on this show every now and then he has a game where he may as well not be on the pitch and that was definitely one of them and I think potentially we've we've chucked a couple of those guys in a bit too early Marco Riccioli as well don't you think Mark, Yeah yeah absolutely Marco and, and and Theo definitely they they both look like you know. They they both had, well Marco not so much on his own, but Theo certainly had a fantastic World Cup, and he just needs a couple of weeks just to just to get back into things. I think. Mm. But um, I think it just
1: shows that the, the lack of depth potentially that he they, we felt the need to get him straight back yeah.
0: in. Uh, that um, is probably my biggest concern over, over the whole thing. But you're right. Um, the likes of Theo Dan and and. Potentially Billy, maybe even Elliot Daly, to be honest, because he didn't play quite so yeah. much early on. They're are three that could come in, but well, if I actually you put those
1: three in, I think we win on Saturday. Like just mm. those three could make even even probably just stick in. Um, just I think mean, because I think we've been the first two games. One thing that's been really highlighted is we are literally playing our fourth, fifth, possibly even sixth choice hooker. You know, and that that that's a real problem position for us right now. Um, you know, it's great having Dan up in, you know, play, sitting on the bench for, for England. It's amazing for him, you know, what a season he had last year and to end it like that is brilliant. But, you know, we're struggling to throw, throw line outs, <laughs> to be perfectly honest. And, and we're missing the, you know, the the loose play that those two boys give us as well. Because, you know, both of those two score tries quite quite a lot. Even Wollstonecraft, you know, being injured and not being around um, is, is a big loss for us. So either of those three in that team on... Saturday and I think that could have even made you know just a tiny bit amount of difference it could have made it a lot closer
0: yeah potentially well you two are pessimistic and we're losing the next two games I'm just gonna you know we're gonna win down at Kings Island it's gonna be ugly and it'll be like 9-6 but we're gonna win it there you go someone's got someone's gotta be positive but look let's um Let's take a deep breath because we've got some more disappointment that we need to talk about. So we'll have a little break and then we'll come back and we'll discuss the uh, Rugby World Cup semi-final.
2: You're You're listening to the Fezcast. You're listening to the Fezcast, which is proudly sponsored by the Saracen Supporters Association. And I'm Alison Davis, one of the SSA committee... For a £10 annual subscription, the SSA provides our members with monthly newsletters, virtual and in-person player events, away match ticket allocations, and we organise pre-match gatherings at away matches. We sponsor men's and women's players, and we support the Saracens Foundation Track Club on behalf of our members. On top of all that, every year we have a seasonal SSA badge, which is exclusive to members. Where else can you get that much value for a tenner? Join now at membermojo.co.uk forward slash SSA or come and see us on Match Day in the Oasis at the Stonex.
0: This is the Fezcast. Well, um, before we get going for uh, for the second part of the show, I mean, you thought you'd you'd have one week without us mentioning Jez and marathon running because he isn't here, but we're going to have to do it unfortunately because because Jez does have um something he needs us to mention. Um, he had a chat with uh, legendary commentator, I'm going to say Nick Mullins. Um, and Nick has has sent him some of his commentary notes. Um, from the England Argentina game at the World Cup. Um, and Jez has stuck them on eBay. Um. He doesn't want to keep them for some reason. <laughs> um, but it's uh, it's not for his own personal gain. He is uh, he is selling those on eBay uh, to raise further money for uh, for motor neurone disease. Um, so get get yourself onto eBay. Check out Rugby Union World Cup commentary notes by Nick Mullins. Jez has got them on there. Um, highest bid wins as eBay works. Um, and, yeah, it'll all go uh, into Jez's fundraising. But, yeah, we're not mentioning him in bloody marathons. Anyway, the World Cup. Um We said before it started that semi-final for England would be a success, I think, definitely. That said, the manner of defeat actually, I think, leaves us feeling that it could have been so much more. Um, I don't really know where to start with this, so I'm just going to chuck it over to Duncan and see where we go. I actually, I
2: mean, until obviously the last minute, I really enjoyed the game. And at one point, I was on WhatsApp to to my mates and, and I was about to write, We've got this one. I decided not to. And then, it you know, I I think the turning point was the change of the two props up front, wasn't it? We suddenly started losing every scrum. And uh, whether or not you think the the last penalty was a penalty, personally I I don't, but, you know, it seems to be 50-50. It was given because we'd lost all the previous ones. Um, uh, And then not only did I have England to win by two points on my Super Brew pool, but they (laughs) went the sods went and kicked it over and and I went tumbling down the group, and England were out Do you know
1: i I mean obviously, there's a lot been said about the uh the the scrum at the end, and there's probably been enough said about the scrum at the end to be perfectly honest for me, we lost because we conceded that try and and when England looked back at the video, the manner in which we conceded it was actually pretty poor um we missed some tackles, we fell off you know the players too much. Um, and even, you know, even when I can't even remember who actually scored the try, um, when he got over the line, there were enough players around to hold that ball up and he managed to worm his way over. So fair play to him for doing that. But I think actually we're a lot of people have been focusing on the wrong thing. They don't score that try. They don't win that game as, as simple as that. And in reality, I think we should have done better. But do you know what? We don't have to, I don't think there's a lot of negatives really to talk about. I think it's all the positives. We're playing against the world champions. Um, in reality, if they'd done what they did against us and, and hauled off possibly one of the worst international fly halves ever to play the game, um, on the 30th minute against Ireland earlier on in the tournament, they would have won that game too. I am going to stick my neck out and say they're going to beat New Zealand next week. Um, I had South Africa down as, as winners before, before the tournament started. So I won't change. We lost by one point after everything that we've been through in the last four years or so. There was some serious standout performances there. I thought Ben Put his, put his name down as possibly one of the best back rows in the world right now on form. Um I thought Itoji had one of the better games he's had in a long, long time. Um I thought Farrell, if anyone thinks that Farrell is not a world-class fly half after watching him manage that game, quite frankly, they can go and watch football as far as I'm concerned, because they clearly have no understanding of, of this game. Um, they were some of the standout players. Um, Courtney and- Laws. Portney Law is immense, absolutely immense. I hate to say it because I don't like the fella, but I thought Marler had a good game. Um, you know, there were just too many to, to, to name. and I, m- Most most England players, Stewart came back and was just solid as you like. I don't think he missed one ball in the air, did he, all game? Um, yeah, just too, too many standout players. Uh, Performances to mention. There's a
2: wonderful clip of Joe Marler going around Twitter of, uh, of him getting uh, Fafter Clerk by the scruff of the neck, shaking him like a rag doll, and throwing him away, which is brilliant. But you know, with the, the the lead up, you're absolutely right. I mean, what we what were we expecting? I was expecting a crashing, a, a drubbing, yeah, a drubbing, and then they put in. Okay, look, we know it it was as we said, the same game that Saracens were trying to play in in the afternoon. It's it's not the most pleasing on the eye. But boy, they were brave and they executed it well. And as you say, Owen steered everybody around. So there were some great performances. I thought Mitchell
1: had probably his best game in an England shirt. Yeah. His his kicking was as good a kick a, a, a kicking game from a scrum half I've seen in a long, long time. Absolutely on point. There was a, a big, I think it was t- towards the end of the first half. It was like a little dinky one over the top. It wasn't a proper full on box kick, and he absolutely nailed it. And it was that that's that was the moment I started to believe we might we might actually win the game. It was that when he did that and we could be really pinned him back. And it and England, and do you know what? you got to give a lot of credit to Borthwick and the coaching side because they picked exactly the right tactics. And yeah, we just we just got beaten by a better team. You know, South Africa are serious. You know, they are a serious team. Got they got quality in every single position apart from 10, and they made amends for that. Um, so you know, I, I I as I said, I think they'll go out and win it. I really do. I
2: agree with you about Borthwick and the team. I mean, after the Japan game, I was thinking, oh, Blimey who have we got in charge. Look at that, they don't know what they're doing. Leicester won it with the dreadful tactics. We're trying to do the same. And then I thought the Smith experiment at full back was completely successful. It changed my opinion of him, especially the state of his face after that game. You know, he was brave. Um, and then you know, we probably, we might have started with Smith had he still, had he not been knocked out. But you're right, you know, they, they picked the right man and they picked the right game plan for the day. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you're not allowed um, to say anything bad, Matt. You have to say
1: you have to be positive.
0: No, not, well, do you know what I'm actually going to do? I'm going to do what you didn't want us to do and I'm going to go back to scrums um because again we look at social media and things and it's been all over the place and you know what actually south africa fans are the world's worst for forensically analyzing every decision and unfortunately a lot of people have been doing it and i think the worst thing that people have been doing is is sticking a still image of a scrum and pointing things out Uh, it's all pretty dynamic um and i mean i don't know about youtube i i know nothing about scrummaging i am not a prop i haven't got a clue um and the vast majority of people who have an opinion about them don't have a clue either um and all I'm going to do now is steal someone else's podcast because I did listen to the ITV rugby world cup podcast with david flatman earlier who has noted that everyone feels that that final scrum penalty should have maybe gone england's way he actually thinks it doesn't um you know a lot of the comment has been about vincent cock um hinging inwards And as Flatman quite rightly pointed out, even I get this, either it can be someone driving inwards or your loose head can shove him inwards. Um, And yes, he's at the wrong angle, but has he got there because he's put himself there Um, or has Ellis Genge put him there? And South Africa were dominant in the scrum um, for the last 20 minutes, fairly, Um, particularly Shea was an absolute beast. So you look at that and you go, right, they've painted a. Good picture with the referee now. Why would they need to, to do anything illegal in the scrum? Why don't they just win the scrum? Um, and you know, it's just his opinion, as it is with everyone else's. But Flatman's opinion is that it's actually Ellis Genge that has put Vincent Cock in that position that he's in, and on top of that, his knees at the ground before the start of the scrum as well, which is also a problem. So you can nitpick, you can go into it forensically, and we're right. It's an eighty-minute rugby match. England actually conceded two penalties in the first half and and conceded six points that they really should not have done. Um, one of them for a bit of petulance from Manu Tuilagi, and one of them put closer to the post by a bit of petulance from Owen Farrell. If that doesn't happen, is it a different game? South Africa yeah. probably saying loads of different things. And at the end of the day, it was a thrilling game of rugby for a low-scoring game of rugby. Um, I think the only disappointment in a weird, twisted way is if it had been 35-15 to South Africa, we'd probably sit here and go, oh, well, we didn't really expect it to happen anyway. But because we got so close, it's, it's pretty gutting. And yeah, look, I've been very critical of Steve Borthwick and his tactics. I actually think across this World Cup, we've not played very good rugby. Put the Argentina game aside because it was just a siege mentality game. I thought we were dreadful for most of the Japan game. We were terrible against Samoa. We did just about what we needed to do against Fiji. And we were underdogs against South Africa and almost got there. I don't think it's been a fantastic World Cup, but we've still got to a semi final So I don't really know what to make of it. But what I think has happened is Steve Borthberg has earned himself a chance to take this squad that's played at the World Cup, sit back, look at it, think who needs to be shelved for the next four-year phase. Don't do what Eddie Jones did with Australia and fire people away before the World Cup and make a total mess of it. Look at what needs to change and then build towards the next one. So, yeah, we give him,
1: you know, see where we are needs, in the next
0: two or three years.
1: I think, yeah, I think two years is is what we need to look at really is, because yeah. that that's kind of, you get to mid-cycle when you start to see where you're going to be in reality. And this is why you look back to when England won the World Cup in 2003. We went into the, that World Cup as clear favourites and rightly so. We built for probably five years before that. You know, we had, we had the World Cup where we lost to South Africa um, in 1999, um, looked good in the pool stages. That was the beginnings of that World Cup winning team, but they were given time to really get to know each other. And I think that's been one of the issues that England have had. And potentially, Saracen looked like they didn't know each other on Saturday. But England have certainly had is there. there has been a bit of chopping and changing. Um, Jones was very quick to hire and fire. You know, he'd bring a player in for one game um, and then not play him again um, for a while. When he did, was it was was Jones in charge when is it got subbed on his first game in, after mm-hmm. forty minutes, uh, for thirty eight minutes or something? You know, you just, better man management's needed than that. And I think two years. Let's see where we are. But I think you're right. We can't we can't just get rid of every single player that isn't going to make it because we actually need those players to help nurture the youngsters coming through. Um, as to you know, with, with a bit of seniority, don't just get rid of Courtney Laws, for example. Duncan's already mentioned he had a had a terrific game on on Saturday. Don't just bid him because we know he's not going to make it to the next World Cup. Don't that's a player that you maybe stick on the bench and then you let a younger guy start and then he can come on if we need to or vice versa. You know, we just we just have them in the squad, have these players around the squad. We don't have to play every game, just have them in the squad. And I think that's what we need now is we just need a little bit of transition rather than just cut and then start a new four-year cycle.
0: Well, Courtney Laws has announced his international retirement.
1: Today. Oh, okay. Well, so... I, didn't, I didn't know that. <laughs> Well, I picked the one player, didn't I? Good work. Um... Do
0: you want to... Uh... Do you want to say all that again with a different name? <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. Insert, insert other senior player here.
2: <laughs> Apart from the bits of absolute rubbish, I totally agree with you because uh, yeah. <laughs> the three-card trickery, <laughs> three trickery of the Jones era is that he was always preparing for the next World Cup. And he came in with Australia in this World Cup and says he's preparing for the next one. You know, it's a, instead of trying to win the Six Nations every year, you know, and do it by gradual transition using the best uh, squad that's available at the moment, and as you say, um, <laughs> having players like Courtney Laws to to mentor the next lot or not.
1: Maybe you'll, maybe you'll come in as a as a, a, a coach or something. <laughs> I'm <laughs> trying
2: I'm, I'm trying to clutch at straws here, aren't I? <laughs> I've done the same, Sam. Don't worry. On the on the last time I was on, I suggested that Saracens um, arrange a game with Portugal during the uh, Six Nations break, and as someone promptly told me that Portugal they're in a competition, they have that, the the second tier Six Nations at the, the same time. So we're I'd hate to see that game, though. I would pay to see that game. Yeah.
0: A, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> there's, there's some fallow weeks in the season. We must be able to do it. But yeah, I mean, you mentioned build, building for the future. We're not going to talk about the Rugby World Cup final. We'll do that after the final. Um, there's there's two things that I think we want to we want to discuss. The first one, actually, I think, is the real build for the future. We sort of talked about those two or three year cycles. Um, what we actually need to build towards is whenever the hell they decide to do the seedings for the next World Cup, whether it's, well, it might have been done seven years ago for all I know with the way that. That they do things, but there's, there's two things that, that are happening here. One, I think they are changing it around and they're they're mm. putting the seedings in a lot later this time around. But there is also talk of it being a 24-team World Cup um, with six pools. So you're targeting the top six in the world to be a top seed
2: at that World Cup. And quite frankly, that's where we need to be, isn't it? It is. I'm not sure about that. I mean, it's been a great World Cup and certainly when the quarter started, it was just magnificent from there onwards. It was a bit long, wasn't it? Yeah. I'd probably have, a week I'd... or two. I don't know how you... How you, you can't cut it down because you can't play midweek games like they do in the Football World Cup, but uh, expanding it making it longer, I don't know.
0: To be fair, all it, all it does probably is mean that there's more games on a weekend. Yeah. Um, they might potentially add in a round of 16 Possibly, I, I don't know, but mm. um, it is only a, only a rumor. I think at the moment, um, there's, there's thing, there, was,
1: there was there was a few teams missing. You know, you you like the likes of like the USA, for example, that you think they're kind of on a bit of an upward trajectory. They've had a you know a, a bad time of it, not 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 getting not in getting through. And you just you just don't want you don't want some of these teams that have made progress in this World Cup mm. to then miss out on the next World Cup. You don't want the teams that have missed out on this World Cup that have seen, we've seen progress. We're trying to expand the game. You want as many, and particularly the next World is the next World Cup in America. Uh, I've, twenty so twenty
0: thirty ones in America. Twenty twenty seven I think is Australia. But the yeah. fact that USA are hosting a World Cup and didn't qualify for this one is a big issue. Yeah, do
1: you it? see what I mean? Good, we, we want we want as many nations to be involved as possible. You don't want. Portugal to stump their growth and, and not make it to the next World Cup, for example. I think, you know, Russia weren't there, they did all right, that they they've seen a bit of progress.
2: Spain have made a lot of progress as well.
1: Yeah, exactly. There there are teams that you just wanna you you want to make sure that they're there. And even when they they've got a bit of a thump in some of these teams, they're still proud to be there, you know. Um and I think that's probably yeah, okay, we 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 play an extra couple of weeks, but um and then but then again you go back to are players playing too much rugby? Is that going to mean that they're going to be even later coming back into the Premiership season? Is there even going to be a Premiership by then? Who knows? But you know, it's it's there's I guess there's a there's a lot there's a lot to talk about. It has been though. Duncan's right. Some of the best rugby I've seen in ages at this World Cup. Mm. You know, some some of these games. I mean, that, that France South Africa game was just mm. blooming marvelous. The the New Zealand ireland game just just outrageously good. Some of the quality of these games, um, and yeah. even the game on Saturday was was. I imagine that would have been really intriguing for a neutral to watch. So, yeah, I think it's been a good World Cup for, for a lot of different reasons. And Portugal got their first yeah. winners in the days.
0: I, I think a lot of those good games though, have come from at least one of those, let's just say, lesser teams in the World yeah. Cup. So I think if they are expanding it out, I think you need to do what, what some international tournaments too and have a shield competition. Um, mm. you know, if, if you've got 24 teams, there is... There is a bit of a logical way that it works that you sort of second eight are playing in a second tier competition. Um, who that would involve? Price knows, but Australia. That's, yeah, <laughs> Australia,
1: England.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah the Aus- Australia have got the British Lions coming. I know. I mean, we were blindly. talking about this at the weekend. <laughs> Oh, dear! Yeah, it's not be, often uh, that the British Lions are uh, firm favourites, is it? Yeah, that is going to be a lot of fun, isn't it? And I'm not normally a
0: massive fan of a Lions, uh, Lions tour, to be honest. I'm, yeah, I'm one of those you people. see what but, excuses
2: right. Eddie Jones comes up with for that.
0: Absolutely. But look, the last thing that I want to talk about is the match that no one ever wants to play. Um, and what do we do for it? The third place playoff at a World Cup. It's just a game about avoiding injury, really, isn't it? What what, what do you do if you, you know, put the Saracens head to one side? Because I think actually, what we'd like to, 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 to Steve Borthwick to do is to pick a team that doesn't include any of our players. Um, what do you do? Do you do you play your your, your best fifteen um, and and play it as any other game, or, or do
2: you actually give some other people a chance to experience a, a World Cup match? I, I don't know. Psychologically, I can't believe that the likes of Courtney Laws or even Owen they got themselves up so high, they gave so much, and they're so probably so down in the dumps about it. I for me, I would play Theo Dan, and even Billy hasn't had m- much game time, as I would, I would play the players who've got something to prove for the Six Nations.
1: Yeah, I would do, do exactly the same thing, look at it as right, boys. Opportunity—it's the, it's the last international before the Six Nations. Give it, give it, give it your all. Um, show me that you're you're ready to step up and take. You know the likes of the. You know, as, you, as it was in the news recently of Courtney Laws retiring, we all saw that. Um, <laughs> the, the, you know, who's going to step up? He's going to step up and take that position because right now, you know, previous to the retirement, um, he's he's one of the first names on the team sheet. Who's going to be? The person to replace him you know that's what that's what as ball that's what i'd be saying to the, to the players you know you've got someone's got your shirt at the moment stick your hand up and and go and play a game and actually it's more likely to be more competitive i actually think by playing mm. those players because they're, they they've got something to play for as mm. you say some of these players that got apt, you know really up for that game are they really going to be able to get up for, for that mm. and are we going to then see a bit of a drubbing off the back of it because argentina will be up for it because they'll want to they'll want to they'll for them, it means it actually does have some meaning.
0: Yeah, they've they've got a point to prove, haven't they? Because their their defeat to New Zealand, they were they were second best by a country mile. So um, they've got to come come out of the World Cup with some credit, and they will want to do that by at least fighting in that game.
2: But they didn't have a yeah. good night. But I tell you what was good was the performance of Gonzalez and um, Oh yes, yeah. mm. really well, promising. Yeah, I mean, we talked
0: about the England players that Saracen's got missing. Though those two coming back from Argentina, actually they. You know, although they're new signings and they haven't bedded into the squad yet, and look fantastic.
2: But you know what was a bit of a shock? I mean, do you remember Eduardo Bello? I <laughs> wouldn't be surprised if you if you didn't. I mean, what did he do? He came on as sub in a couple of Prem Cup matches and then disappeared. And then, blow me, he's in a World Cup semi final. He was doing the same last season. He was constantly
0: in the Argentina squad. I'd never got a in for Saris, and so something wasn't right. And he's going to be playing mm-hmm. for Newcastle this year, so we'll see what happens. He might be yeah. might be turning out against us in a couple of weeks' time, and it will be very ir- irritating if he's smashing <laughs> us all over the place in the scrum, won't it? Yeah, well, he, he wants a mystery, mystery player for us. Yeah, but look, uh, I don't know. I think there's room for sentimentality in the uh, in a third place game as as Sam. Quite rightly mentioned, Courtney Norris is retiring from international duty at the end of the year. And I think you give him the captain's armband, you let him walk out there, and uh, after an hour, you bring him off because I think that they'll be even if it's, I mean, full of French. I think they'll still applaud him. They know he's, uh, they know he's a good player. But yeah, let's um, let's see what happens. What happens next week? And hopefully, the World Cup finals worth talking about as well. (laughs) So we'll we'll have to wait and see. But look, we've um, we've probably said. All that needs to be said and more, to be honest, tonight. So, um, Sam, Duncan, very, 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 very good of you to uh, to join me tonight. I think we've got a little bit off of our chest, haven't we? Oh, I think Actually,
2: we've I well feel to feel rise, better. didn't we? Yeah, I feel
1: a lot better.
2: Actually, I just want to ask, can both New Zealand and South Africa lose, please? Yeah, I'm like, hoping for a nil-nil draw, I think. <laughs>
0: <laughs> just endless penalty kicks.
1: <laughs> uh, miss.
0: Uh, We're not that vindictive, are we? But look, guys, thank you very much for joining us. Sam, we'll see you again this time next year. And
2: and I haven't made it into the Six
1: Nations squad.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Next World Cup, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) Ah <laughs> oh dear
0: on that note we're descending into chaos it's taken us a long time for us, for us to do this but, but there okay. we go that is definitely time to end the show we'll be back next week probably Jez probably someone else who who knows we might have a guest we might not I've got no idea that'll do see you soon guys
1: bye Cheers. this
2: is
0: the Fezcast